Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but uh, we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are two great organizations that any athletic director, any coach should be a part of. We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. Very proud to be partners with these two great organizations. Now, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with uh, 95% of the parents and the student-athletes who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a quality athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes, you're really missing out. Go to athleticsurveys.com and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to thank SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com and see how their fundraising platform can help you and your coaches and your program raise thousands of dollars. Get away from the fundraising headaches of the past. There's no selling. There's no inventory. Um, and what's more important, it works. Our coaches use SnapRaise at my school, and it was just fantastic. Um, it was safe. It was secure. And like I said, it worked. Go to snapraise.com and check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have helped schools just like yours raise using SnapRaise. Choosing the right fundraiser for your athletic department is critical, and SnapRaise can work for you. Change your fundraising game plan. Go to snapraise.com to get started. We also want to thank Huddle. Huddle is how the world sees sports. Go to huddle.com and check out how over 200,000 teams across 40 different sports are using Huddle to help their athletes perform better. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but as an athletic director, our school was a Huddle school. Uh, and our coaches just love the auto tracking cameras, the easy to use mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle is set up to work for any level of play. Club, youth teams, high schools, colleges, even the pros use Huddle. Go to huddle.com and you'll find a professional grade solution for the challenges you face as an athletic director. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Go to huddle.com and find out how your school can become a Huddle school. That's huddle.com. We also want to thank Final Forms. Go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake to see just how Final Forms can help you. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. And they've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can help your coaches with things like attendance and communication and even help with their own certification management. And for you as an athletic director, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started. 
That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their tables and their boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their indoor scoring tables and video boards today. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. They're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their um, interactive touchscreen consoles and their library of templates to help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards or your Hall of Fame, Wall of Fame by Vital Science can help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. The website is vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. vitalsignswalloffame.com. And we want to thank Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy. Even I can do it. Go to gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast and use the podcast code ADPOD10. That's ADPOD10 and get 10% off. Go to gipper.com. Start creating world-class content for your school's social media channels. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com and they will show you how to set up online ticket sales for your schools and your events. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up online ticketing for things like school dances, uh, theater performances, music concerts, even graduation. Go to hometownticketing.com and start selling your tickets digitally. That's hometownticketing.com. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're staying in Florida today, and our guest is Rick Tribbett. Rick is a certified athletic administrator, soon to be a CMAA, and he's the director of athletics at Osceola High School in Osceola, Florida. Rick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate you having me and um, looking forward to it. Well, we've been talking about this for a while, and I was glad we were able to get you on. I know it's a busy time for all ADs, uh, so let's go and jump right in. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us the Rick Tribbett story uh, in about four minutes. Uh, take us up through the college years, and then we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear about your early years uh, teaching and coaching before you became an AD. So what's the Rick Tribbett origin story? Well, I'm sure it's a lot like a lot of other people's. I, I grew up uh, 
in the Northeast in Newcastle, Delaware, uh, a sports rat played. There was a group of about four of us and we took spray paint and painted fields in front of, or, or courts or rinks in front of everybody's house. And, you know, we played pretty much every sport there was, um, uh, back that's, you wouldn't know it by looking at me now, but back in those days, I was the runt of the litter. And so I was pretty decent in baseball, pretty decent in football, but I was giving up a lot of size. And, uh, one of my junior high football coaches talked me into going off for wrestling. He said, you're aggressive. You, you, you know, you're fairly athletic. I think you'll do well. And it just took right away. And so, um, you know, shortly after ninth grade, I stopped playing organized. I stopped playing a lot of those other sports. I still played, you know, pickup games with my friends and stuff, but, uh, just a sports nut growing up, big trivia guy and, um, massive baseball card collection. Uh, I had a, it, well, we'll get into this later, but I had a, uh, I had a pretty decent, uh, I thought retirement plan. I had a Mike Schmidt autograph rookie card and being where I was, those guys, the, the Phillies of the eighties used to come mm-hmm. to our sports banquets all the time. So I had Larry Boa, Greg Gazinski, Greg Maddox, or Gary Maddox, excuse me, uh, Bob Boone, Mike Schmidt rookie card. They were all autographed. And when I was away at college one time, my mom, Uh, was in the process of moving and she saw what she thought was just, you know, an old collection of cards. And I also had the Stanley cup champion uh, flyers, the entire Getty, Getty oil used to put out the stamp collection uh, stamp book. And I had it autographed and she sold all, it was tickled pink, sold it all for like a hundred bucks. And she goes here, I got a hundred dollars for that ratty old card collection you had. And I just looked at her and shook my head. I was like, mom, the Mike Schmidt rookie card was worth five times that. <laughs> so uh, at any rate, I just grew up a sports nut. And then when I got into high school, uh, you know, my parents had gotten divorced and um, coaches were key in uh, keeping me focused and keeping me on track. Uh, I knew from the time I was about five or six years old that I wanted to go to college. I just didn't know what that roadmap looked like because nobody in my family had ever been to college. Uh, but my grandmother lived down the street from a small one right outside university of Delaware. And she used to take me on Saturdays to go watch the football games. And I just loved the pageantry of the whole thing. You know, to me, that was, I was hooked. And so, you know, we moved to Florida when I was in ninth grade and um, I got to be a teacher's assistant for the athletic director my last two years in high school. I just thought that that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and you could get away as a student with doing a whole lot more than you can these days. I, uh, I was in charge of emptying the Coke machines and, you know, restocking them and, uh, counting all the money. And, you know, of course you would never let anybody do that now as a student. Uh, but back in those days, I was basically the assistant AD for all intents and purposes. I was painting fields. I was checking inventory. I was, I was doing it all. So, uh, went away to college and wasn't sure what I was going to do from there. Uh, tried, I, I was an advertising public relations major in college and tried my hand at it when I got out of, out of school and then just decided that wasn't really for me. And I started, uh, I had wrestled my first three years until they dropped the program at UCF. So when I got out, I started volunteering at a buddy's school and, and then just decided, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to be a teacher and a coach and, that's what I did. You know, um, 
a number of people we talked to, including myself, you know, had a similar high school experience as far as um, working with uh, either a head coach or an athletic director, you know, off season. And, and I remember those experiences vividly just thinking, this is the coolest job in the world. Uh, wow. But never dreamed of, of at the time you're in high school, you know, never dreamed about coming back and doing it uh, for real. Wow. Very cool. Uh, for our listeners, our guest today is Rick Tribbett. He's a certified athletic administrator. He's the athletic director at Osceola High School here in Florida. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear more about his early career. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges in the United States. And you can be part of the hometown team too. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. I said every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com and they'll show you how to set up and sell tickets for school dances, for theater productions, for music concerts, even for graduation. Go to hometownticketing.com and start selling your tickets digitally. Come on. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Rick Trivet. He's a CAA, and he's the athletic director at Osceola High School. Rick, you uh, you kind of took us up through those uh, you know post college years. Talk a little bit about the your early years teaching and coaching, and particularly when you made that decision to come to the other side of the desk and be an athletic director. Well, I think honestly, once I started teaching, I think that that was kind of always the goal. Uh, when I was in college, I spent a lot of time. I my, my last two years. At UCF, I was a sports information department intern. So I, you know, it was, was going to be one of those two directions, you know. Um, so, but I started at, uh, at Dixie Hollins as an assistant coach there. And then we moved back to the Orlando area. And I ended up at Lyman for three years. And I coached wrestling and ninth grade football. Uh, and then I moved to Oviedo for four years. And then my principal there, Wayne Epps, who was awesome. Uh, I moved with him when he opened up Winter Springs, and that's when I got my opportunity to be an athletic director. I think uh, by that time I had coached uh, freshman football, a little bit of track, pole vault, um, wrestling, obviously, um, softball. So I had I had kind of tested the waters in a bunch of sports, and you know, being young and arrogant, you you know, you sit and listen to your friends talk about, oh, you know, this is the way it needs to get done, and you know, I kind of figured that from my standpoint, I felt like I could do more. It was, it was important for me. You know, we talked earlier about those coaches and those teachers that were big influences and it really kept me, kept me straight, and, um, kept me on track and, and got me to finish college. Um, and it was important for me to be that person for other kids uh, to kind of pay it forward. So I felt like I would have a greater impact as an athletic director than I would as an individual sport coach. Um, so I, I went with Wayne to winter Springs and opened up there in 96 as the first athletic director and spent 10 years there. And then about that time, my daughter, uh, was playing, uh, 
junior high volleyball and starting to travel with her club and stuff like that. I felt like I, um, her mother and I weren't together. So I felt like I needed to spend time with her. Uh, So it was, it was important for me to be able to do that. And I knew as, you know, I was coaching wrestling year round. I I spent 23 summers in Fargo, North Dakota with the national team. So uh, I knew there was only one way that I was going to be able to be a good father. And that was to step back and just coach and teach and be able to follow her. So I did that uh, and moved to Osceola high school, ironically, and um, was there from 06 to 15. And then uh, my daughter graduated, played uh, two years of junior college, volleyball at South Florida state. And then when she went on to UCF, uh, about that time, uh, my mom had taken ill and was in a nursing home down in Sarasota job opened up down there. So I took the job down there for a year. And then when she passed, uh, you know, we moved back to this area, ended up at St. Cloud for a year. And then the athletic director position opened at celebration. And the principal there was a good friend of mine that I had worked with he was a dean at Osceola when I was teaching there, and we actually ironically taught the same subject area. So uh, he's a really good guy, and and um, gave me a call and asked me if I'd be interested, and I said yeah. And uh, so I spent the last five years as the AD at Celebration, um, and then this uh, this past summer, one of my one of my best friends, Jim Bird, who was the longtime athletic director at Osceola. Um, He's got grandchildren, so it kind of comes full circle. He's wanting to spend time with them, so he's moved up into the panhandle. And, you know, I got a lot of phone calls. Hey, you know, are you interested in, in maybe looking at coming home? And I was – and, of course, I was. You know, it's – Osceola is a, a great tradition. Um, and I think, you know, every once in a while in your career, you need a new challenge. And I felt like I was kind of at that place in my career where I, where I needed something new and uh, taking over at Osceola certainly and filling shoes as big as Jim Bird's are certainly a challenge. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, you certainly had some success uh, at Celebration as the athletic director. Um, um, how are you, and Jim Bird, I'm, I'm getting confused here, but uh, uh, Jim was also, uh, I believe, still the wrestling coach um, at Osceola, correct? No, he's, he's now up in the Gulf Breeze area up in the Panhandle. No, but um, but he, he was. Down his, yeah. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. And so, uh, you know, are are you uh, uh, are you stepping into his shoes for wrestling coach too? I feel like I'm having a Godfather moment here. Every time <laughs> I try to get out, they pull me back in. So <laughs> it's it's highly possible. Yeah, I, I have been working with the kids a lot in preseason uh, because it's a great program with a lot of tradition, and I don't want to see it go to waste. Um, certainly not on my watch. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But right now we have not hired a coach. We are looking for one, um, but it needs to be the right person. That's a, it's a marquee program and it needs a great coach. Oh no, absolutely. So for our listeners, we're recording this. I want to get my dates right. Uh, we're recording this on uh, September 23rd. Uh, so this position is open uh at this point so uh, if you're interested or you know somebody that'd be a a good hire at osceola high school to to lead or get involved with the wrestling program you know reach out to rick and uh, we'll see what happens but uh that's exciting okay um you know um, who knows we'll we'll see what happens we're we're going to be watching okay uh for our listeners our guest today is rick tribbett he's a certified athletic administrator 
He's the director of athletics at Osceola High School here in Florida. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to the good folks at Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Go to gipper.com, tell them you heard about it on the podcast, and use the podcast code ADPOD10, that's A-D-P-O-D-1-0, and get 10% off. Go to gipper.com. Start creating custom-branded content for your school's social media channels. Gipper.com. So you, your last commercial, you mentioned Gipper. We started using them last year when I was at uh, Celebration. I'm using them again now at, at Osceola, and they've been awesome. It's really stepped up our social media uh, game. Um, really pleased with, with what we're able to do with that. So uh, that's definitely a great product that I would highly recommend. Okay. I, I really appreciate you sharing that, uh, Rick. I know the folks at Gipper do too. Uh, you know, I retired a couple of years ago and it really wasn't at the forefront like it is now. Uh, so uh, I know our listeners like to hear uh, an actual AD instead of a retired one uh, talking about it. So thanks for sharing. Um, one thing we like to do with the podcast is give our guests the opportunity to acknowledge the mentors that they've had in their life. Uh, obviously, there's tons of people that allow us and help us uh, to get where we are today. None of us get where we're at by ourselves. So who are some of the mentors that you'd like to give a shout out to? I had a ton of them. Um, you know, the as the saying goes, it takes a village. And um, certainly my mother was, and my grandmother were the two biggest ones, um, both the two strongest women I've ever met in my life. Um, you know, when my, uh, when my folks split up, it wasn't, it wasn't a great situation. And my mom had to make a tough choice to move back to Florida and move in with her mother. And, and, you know, she worked a couple of jobs and went to school at night and didn't get a chance to watch me, uh, compete much until my senior year. Um, and it was important for her. Uh, I think that, I set the example for my two younger brothers and go to college. So I would say that the, the biggest role model, obviously, or influence in my life was my mother. Uh, she taught me what it meant to never give up on anything um, and what it means to work hard and have some discipline and a work ethic. Uh, so I definitely learned that from her. Um, my wrestling coaches were awesome. I had a guy named Jeff Mack in middle school that was, that was phenomenal. He ended up being, a, I found out after I left, he ended up being a state senator up there for a lot of years. Um, Bob Walker and Ethan Reeve, who were um, two uh, All-Americans in high school, or excuse me, in college and, and uh, world-level competitors. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have them as coaches when I was in high school. And, and uh, those guys looked after me and, and, made it possible for me to get connections to, to get into college and, and get a wrestling scholarship. And then I had uh, a couple of teachers. Uh, the one I remember most notably was a lady named Penny Starling, who was my geometry teacher. And I was not very good at math and spent an awful lot of time sleeping in class because I was tired from cutting weight. And she was just very, very patient with me and, and showed me what it was like or what it meant to have somebody that was, uh, empathetic, you know, and be able to 
be able to reach across that line with a challenging uh, student. Uh, so I had a lot. And then I had uh, a couple of principals, uh, Wayne Epps, who I already mentioned at Oviedo and uh, Gary Pricer, who I had at, at uh, Osceola and, um, and Connor Gilbert, who I just worked with uh, for the last five years at, uh, at Celebration. Those, those guys were all instrumental in um, helping me develop as a leader. Uh, so like I said, I, I had a lot. Um, and I, I think one of the things, I think one of the things that's made me who I am today is I've always had a really like an innate ability to be able to observe and absorb lessons from that. Um, good and bad. I tell kids all the time when I go to, when I go to clinics, I've been wrestling since 1975. When I go to a clinic, there's not a whole lot of things that I'm going to see that are, hey, I haven't seen that before type moments. But I do know that I walk away. I go in there with the mindset that I'm going to walk away with something new that I can take back and add to what we're already doing. And so the concept of being a, a lifelong learner, and, and sometimes that means you go someplace and you listen to somebody speak or you watch them uh, demonstrate something and you go, I'm never going to do that ever. You know, you know it's, it's, a, it's not always a great example that you learn from, but you, you do, it reinforces the things that you know you're doing right. And, uh, you know, you look at some things that, are like, that this is not the way things should get done. And I, I think I've heard you speak to it at conferences where, you know, the things that, the way things were done, you know, back in the seventies and eighties and even the nineties, we can't do that. And, you know, when you talk about sportsmanship and things of that nature and, and how kids should and should not interact in the game, those are all, uh, you know, great lessons to, to take and learn from. So uh, again, I, I just try to be observant and, and uh, you know, steal things that are good and, and uh discard the things that I know aren't going to work. Uh, again, I just, uh, people who listen to the podcast, they hear me say this all the time. I just love listening to the stories and I, I do. And it's great that you got such a, a breadth and depth, you know, to your mentors. Some you can still, you know, have conversations with, you know, to this day. Um, oh. I just, uh, this is sort of off point, but uh, maybe you'll see where I'm going. Uh, I just saw this the other day. Uh, and it brought back a, uh, I'm going to say a, a young boy, early teen, maybe uh, memory. Uh, if I say the name uh, Larry Owings, does that ring a bell yeah. for you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a movie coming out uh, and it's called The Sophomore from Washington. Uh, I saw the trailers on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen it uh, yet. But I was mm -hmm. watching that day on Wide World of Sports when Larry Owen beat uh, Dan Gable, or maybe it was a replay, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as a wrestling coach. Is that something that, you know, is in wrestling lore? Is that a big deal? or uh, is that? Just oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you tell kids all that in any sport, you tell kids all the time, hey, listen, nothing is over till the final, bu final buzzer sounds, you know. And, and a lot of times they believe it and sometimes they don't. And, but I tell kids all the time, you know, if the, if the scores, if somebody's up by three touchdowns in football, you're not likely to come back from that. 
it doesn't mean you quit. It doesn't mean you give up, but you're not likely to come back from that. The difference about between that and wrestling is you always have a shot until that final buzzer sounds. You've got a shot because you can catch somebody in something and pin them and the match is over with, and you can be down. Well, back in those days, you could be down by 17. Now you can't, but they have technical falls, but um, I was, I was, too young i hadn't started wrestling yet when that actually occurred but i do remember when gable was young and just starting to get into his coaching career and doing the gold medal wrestling camps and i had attended one of those and he was definitely i had heard all the stories and heard all the lore and that was definitely something that got me hooked and like i said i was fortunate i had i had two really good competitors in dan in um bob walker and ethan reeves when i was in high school and ethan reeves a two-time NCAA All-American at the University of Tennessee. And and the guy that he wrestled is one of the the guy that kept kept him from winning a national title. Lee Kemp is one of the greatest American wrestlers, you know, in the history of the sport. So I I I've learned a lot from being around those guys and being exposed to some of those people. But but yeah, I've I've definitely heard that story or yeah. watched it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the movie come out. It's supposed to come out uh, later in October. I'm sure it's going to be a, you know, independent release or something, but it's called the sophomore from Washington. Uh, go on to YouTube and, uh, and watch the trailer. All right. Uh, for our guests, uh, for our listeners, our guest today is Rick Tribbett. Kind of went down uh, wrestling memory lane there. Rick is a certified athletic administrator and he's the director of athletics at Osceola high school in Florida. We're going to take another break, but we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the educational AD podcast. We want to thank Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but they're more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, has reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like uh, attendance and communication, even help with their own certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talked with a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone. Our guest is Rick Tribbett. He's the athletic director at Osceola High School here in Florida. Rick, um, you've been doing this for a long time. We already mentioned that you're uh, on the verge of um, getting your CMAA, uh, but we get a lot of younger uh, listeners, a lot of new ADs, and I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that you and I and, and many others have taken with regards to the state association and national. So talk a little bit, a bit, a bit about how you first became aware of FIAAA and talk about your journey with the national organization. Well, um, I have a tendency to everything I do as an AD kind of comes from that same mindset that I took as a wrestling coach and how to attack the job and, um, and how to be a lifelong learner and, and just, like I said, I, if it, if somebody's doing it right, and they're being successful, I'm probably going to watch what they're doing and steal it. Um, because, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, 
there's people that you, that that obviously that are doing things the right way and they're and they've been successful throughout their career no matter what what it is they're doing like I, one of my very good friends Doug Peters who was a longtime athletic director at Lake Mary High School um, you know I mean that guy he started out as a wrestling coach obviously was very successful with that in the 80s and the early 90s they had a great program um, but then he took over as AD he was a head football coach there he won state titles I know he won state titles as a golf coach I think he did as a bowling coach as well so he's coached multiple sports and been highly successful at all of them so he and I spent a lot of time talking uh, about you know how to do things the right way and and what your uh, core philosophies are and, and how to do that and um, you know I started talking to some other ADs around the state that I re- uh, that I respected so I was already used to going to FACA and and some of these other clinics, laser for football and some of some of these other things. So when you know somebody mentioned FIAAA, I started going to the to the FIAAA annual meeting and um, found there were some great resources there for uh, ADs, especially beginning ADs. Uh, so I learned a lot from going to those, um, and then I got interested in in trying to you know, improve myself in terms of um, certification and, and things of that nature. So, you know, I've run the the uh, state, the high school, the FHSA state wrestling tournament since, uh, what, 2013, I think it is now. Um, and then, uh, or excuse me, 2014, we, um, we had an opportunity in 2013 uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, but for whatever reason, the, the facility fell through in Tallahassee for flag football. So we ended up hosting that at uh, Osceola High School, and Jim basically turned that over to me. Um, so I, I did a lot of work with that. I've helped with the uh, Boys and Girls Lacrosse Tournament when it was at um, uh, Austin Tyndall in 2020. So I've had a lot of opportunity between running state association events and then also um, USA wrestling events, uh, cadet uh, national duels over in Daytona, uh, locally our, our state qualifiers and, and state championship events here in Florida. And then, as I mentioned before, the I ran the Florida national team for about 20 years. Um, so I've had a lot of experience kind of, doing those types of things. And, and so through networking, uh, it just got to be important to me to start looking into, um, you know, certifications and, and uh, educating myself on, on how to be more effective at my job. So that's where, you know, becoming a CAA was important. And now I'm working on my CMAA. Uh, hope to have that done, you know, before the end of the school year. Um, so I'm currently working on that. Uh, and then I've, you know, I've reached out to several people in the, in the state that I know that have been active and involved with FIAAA and, and, and IAAA like Andy Childs and Dan Talbot and Ryan Adams and, um, yourself and, and, and just try to pick the brains of those people because, you know, they've been in it and, uh, got to teach my first LTI this past spring, which was really cool. And I hope to do some more. Um, so it's, you know, that's that giving back part that I talked about earlier. That's important as well. So um, I'm not sure that I have 
all the answers or that I may be the best source of information for a lot of people a lot of the time, but I'm, I'm definitely willing to help uh, the next generation of ADs coming up uh, and, and hopefully keep them from making some of the mistakes that I've made along the way. Well, you touched on uh, a lot of great points, you know, number one, just creating and building that network, uh, which is so critical uh, for ADs and for coaches, um, you know, reaching out to others. You certainly mentioned uh, some giants, uh, you know, thanks for throwing my name in there too. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, Andy was the um, uh, president of the NIAAA, uh, you know, back when I was just maybe getting some calls or emails uh, to be on a national committee. And I know Andy helped move that through. Uh, you know, he's never said that, but I just know he probably moved my application up to the top of the list at the national office. Uh, but again, again, you use those resources. And if you don't go to the conferences, if you don't attend, you don't take the LTIs, you don't do the workshops, it's harder to make those, uh, build those professional relationships, uh, which are so important. And, and giving back, uh, you know, you're doing that with everything you've done with wrestling and, and, uh, your involvement with FACA. And that's what we're doing with this podcast. You know, we're trying to give back, um, you know, people were so good to me uh, as I was coming up, um, you know, I want to give back and, and you're helping me do that. So thanks. Um, we'll do this at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, the easiest way is my email. Uh, it's uh, Richard dot trivet t is in tom r i b is in boy i t at osceola schools and that's plural dot net so richard trivet at osceola schools dot net that's the easiest way to reach me um but i'm you know like i said i'm happy to help i i, I try to do that we've we've had some turnover in our county uh i'm not quite the senior ad in our county yet but i'm getting close to it uh so but you know one of the things i, I wanted to mention this too and i and i neglected to and last it's funny because you know you asked earlier about making that transition from wearing a coach's hat to being across the other side of the desk now I think one of the things that I I was very bad about this as a young coach I hated everybody everybody was you know the opponent and I never very few people did I allow inside that were coaches uh, because I was just looking to beat you you know and I wasn't real good about that as a as a younger coach. Uh, one of the things I've noticed as an athletic director, you still have that drive. You want your program to be successful. You want your program to be the best, but I've found that people are much more willing to share ideas because they're learning from you just as much as you're learning from them. And nobody wants to be on the six o'clock news. Nobody wants to make a mistake that, that puts your program in jeopardy. So I think the people at our level, at the athletic director's level are much more willing to work together to share ideas um, to help each other succeed than maybe you are as a, as a coach. I think we're more collegial as an AD than we were, at least I can say that of myself. Um, but I think I've, I've found that to be true with most people I've talked to. Oh no, you're spot on uh, as coaches, you know, you're keeping everything close to the vest. Uh, you might give them a little bit at a clinic, but you're not going to, you know, give them the keys uh, as ADs. It's just the opposite. You know, athletic directors can't uh, wait to help somebody out. Um, and when we do end up stealing an idea, uh, I, I think it's universal that you say, Hey, I got this from, you know, so-and-so at his school or mm -hmm. her school, you know, they did a great job. So 
yeah, it, it's spot on. But you you made me think of something uh, years and years ago. Uh, head football coach, we went to a seven on seven tournament, and you know, just looking across the field, that you know, okay, who are we going to play next? Uh, oh, you know, look at those guys. And we we had no idea who they were. Uh, you know, look at those coaches. Oh God, you know, we hate them. Uh, we literally said that as a head coach and my young assistant, younger than me, and uh, we ended up playing them. We we met the head coach, and to this day. Uh, he's one of my best friends in coaching. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I can relate to that. I'm sure there's some other knucklehead coaches out there uh, as well. Um, our guest is uh, Rick Tribbett. He's a certified athletic administrator, soon to be a CMAA, and he's the athletic director at Osceola High School in Osceola, Florida. We're going to take another break. Please stay with us. It's the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to the good people at Sideline Interactive. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and check out their indoor scoring tables and their video boards. They not only generate money for your department, but they create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Like I said, go to sidelineinteractive.com. You can schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sidelineinteractive.com or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and check out their great products. Welcome back everyone to the Educational AD Podcast. Rick, um, I know you just recently started uh, as the AD at Osceola. You'd mentioned you'd coached there before, um, but you've been an AD for a long time. And one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So, you know, people don't have to steal them. Um, what are some things that you've done maybe at your other schools or maybe something you're going to bring to Osceola that you're particularly proud of? Uh, do you got any best practices you can share? Uh yeah, I mean, I, I kind of consider myself a, a fairly meticulous planner. So, um, and again, this is one of the things I stole from Doug Peters. Uh, you know, he uh, was gracious enough to share his um, athletic department handbook with me. And in there, I found some things dealing with um, game day scripts, uh, sending out detailed information to visiting schools on where their locker rooms are going to be, what will, what we'll do in the event of inclement weather, if there's an emergency, you know, these types of things. Um, I think as an AD, I, I can't tell you the last time I was at a varsity home football game where I actually spent a significant amount of time watching the game. I find myself looking in the stands, checking the gates. I'm on the radio, checking to make sure everybody's, doing well at, at their location. I'm taking drinks or snacks around to, you know, the folks that are, that are working for us and the visiting admin that's there on duty. Um, but I think the big thing, you know, you, you, know um, you hear a lot of people in other sports complain about the amount of attention that football gets, but I think the thing that people forget a lot of times is far and away there's at, at most schools probably 95 plus percent of the schools that you deal with um there's more people attending those events more likelihood that something could go catastrophically wrong um so you spend a lot of time worrying about that um so to me 
you know, when I send out that information to the visiting AD, I always CC the principal, even though they probably don't want to be bothered with it, uh, and the head coach, and and say, hey, listen, you know, please let us know if you've got any admin coming. We've got a hospitality room that they're more than welcome to take advantage of, either before the game or at halftime. Uh, I take my principal over every uh, at every game, and we go – introduce ourselves to the visiting admin because we appreciate the fact that they're there because if something does go wrong, especially in a heated rivalry, like I'll give an example, us in St. Cloud, that next year will be the hundred year of that game. It's, I think it's the third longest uh, standing rivalry in the United States. Um, so we're trying to plan something special for that, but there's been times where that's been an ugly game as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, but, you know, try to make it, it's important that uh, that those visiting team admin uh, people are there because they know their people better than we do. And the likelihood of something, if something starts to happen that we have a better outcome is better if they're there because they know them, they're going to respond to them better than they will say um, an administrator or a coach from another school. So uh, that would be one thing is just making sure that you plan, always plan for and consider what could be the worst case scenario and try to figure out, uh, you know, a plan to, to keep that from happening or at least uh, mitigate the, what could possibly happen. Um, and then the other thing, and I think we did a great job of this in celebration. And I think that's the reason why we were very successful the last several years. There is our coaches were not afraid to share their best practices with each other. And we spend time in our coaches meetings talking about, hey, you know, cross-country team, you guys do a great job with developing relationships with the kids. Talk a little bit about how you do that, you know. And, um, you know, so, you know, we spend some time doing that. And that's that's something that um, we've always had a, a good history of it at Osceola, too. I know dating back to when I was here, you know, between 06 and 15, we we did a lot of that, too. If, if Like I said, I think the, the really good coaches – if they see somebody doing something well, they're going to steal it and they're going to adapt it to their program. Um, there's no sense reinventing the wheel. You know, if it's, if it's being done well, use it. Um, the, uh, and the big thing this year that I, coming out of COVID, we, I found out we hadn't had a, a pep rally at OHS in several years. So we had one, we played Seminole a few weeks back in Fox 35 got involved with it and we did live feeds from uh, both schools throughout this three hour period. And I had seniors come up to me and they said, this is really cool. We have never done anything like this. And it's, it's just so strange. I'm in my 33rd year now. So it's strange for me to hear that a kid hadn't been to a pep rally before. So we're going to try to do more of those. I, I liked uh, when I went to Sarasota, it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody do one in the morning before school out in the courtyard. And they were phenomenal. And it really got the day kicked off well. Everybody was in great spirits all day. Uh, I think it helped the teachers in the classroom as well uh, with that. So we're going to do some of that. And then we're also going to create a student section. So right now I'm in the process of, you know, getting banners and shirts and things of that nature and, and try to come up with guidelines. Because I do want to make sure I want the kids to have fun and I want them to be rowdy, but I want them to recognize that there's a line we don't cross, you know, and that's always that's a tough thing when you're dealing with 15 to 18 year old kids, they sometimes get caught up in a moment and get carried away. So I, I trying to hedge that as much as possible. 
Yeah. Uh, again, it's that dilemma, you know, ADs and schools, you know, they want, you know, school spirit, they want that, you know, uh, the support of their fans, but uh, sometimes they don't always get the best example watching, you know, college sports and uh, some of the things, uh, you know, that happen with uh, student sections there. Um, that's exciting about that uh, 100th anniversary. I just talked to an athletic director in uh, Minneapolis a couple of days ago. They're uh, going to be having their 100th uh, anniversary as a school. Uh, wow, 100 years competing. That's uh, That's got to be something cool. I, I think I'm going to have to put that on my calendar. Well, you know, the, the really cool thing about it is uh, for a long, long time, neither St. Cloud nor Osceola had a home football stadium. We played in the old Silver Spurs arena, which was with the old rodeo arena. So, you know, sometimes you got, there were a few steaming divots you had to avoid while you're out there. Um, but Brian Spartan, who's the new AD at St. Cloud, he and I have known each other for several years. And I actually worked with him uh, when I was over there. Um, we would both like to take that game back there next year. Uh, obviously the rodeo doesn't, exist anymore they've got a nice brand new arena in its place but it's not big enough to play a high school football game in but there is the old um the uh single a affiliate for the astros had a stadium there and now um the orlando lions use it as a training facility so we're hoping that the dimensions of that stadium will be big enough that we'll be able to shoot one a football field in there and possibly play that game at the location where historically that game took place for such a long time. I think that would be a really cool thing for that hundredth anniversary. And if we can't make it work, you know, we'll, we'll come up with something else, but we're definitely going to highlight the hundredth anniversary of that game. It's going to be a big deal. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll look forward to that. That's uh, not too far from where I'm at. So for listeners, uh, our guest today is Rick Tribbett. He's the athletic director at Osceola high school here in Florida. We're going to take another break, but we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank the good folks at Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's school's record boards or your um, um, Hall of Fame for your athletic department, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Their interactive touchscreen consoles and their library of templates help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and they'll help showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com for more information. Okay, check them out. Really great products and their customer service is just fantastic. Vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Um, Rick, um, you and I were talking, uh, again, we're of a similar age. I'm a little bit older than you, but a hundred years ago when I was in high school, um, our coaches would say things like, uh, come on, Jake, you got to be tough or you got to suck it up. Uh, and we kind of knew what they meant and, and we did it. Um, in the many years since then, uh, we figured out much better ways to communicate with kids and coach kids. Uh, but I still feel that toughness is an important uh, trait. 
uh, in sports and an important trait in life. So here's my question. How can we help kids develop toughness while also being aware of the very real challenges that a Generation Z kid is experiencing that I never had to go through? Uh, do you have any advice for us? Yeah, you know, I, this is where I feel like wrestling really did the the best for me um, because, as I mentioned before, you know, my mom ended up being a single mom and my, my dad was like the original deadbeat dad. Uh, so, you know, it was tough. She worked two jobs and one of those jobs was cleaning the offices of the company that she worked for. So Tuesday and Thursday nights, I'd come home from wrestling practice. We'd eat dinner, and instead of doing homework, you know, we got in the car, we went and we cleaned the offices of the company that my mom worked for. And, you know, that was probably about three, three and a half hours. We usually get home around 10 o'clock, and then by that time it was, you know, go to bed. We didn't, you know, didn't really have enough time to do homework on those couple of days. So I had to be good about managing my time. Uh, there was a lot of times I had to – I rode my bike back and forth from school because, you know, I – I didn't get a driver's license or a vehicle for that matter until my senior year. So I had to do a lot of things differently from, and I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the Seminole, St. Pete Seminole area, uh, but they were fairly affluent school that we went to. We were definitely from the other side of the tracks. So there was a lot of things that I had to do that, you know, a lot of my classmates didn't, you know, I was working 30 plus hours a week, either in my uncle's garage for no money because he was maintaining the, my mom and my grandmother's car for free or, you know, slugging around in, in a restaurant, busting tables and washing dishes while still trying to maintain a 3.5 GPA and wrestle and go to school and stuff like that. So I think a lot of it is modeling. I think that's the biggest component of it. The, the people in your people in their lives have to be tough people. They have to be gritty people. They have to be people that, you know, with all, due respect to John Myers, there is a real world and uh, the kids need to know that it's, you know, nobody, once you get outside this little cocoon, I tell people all the time, we need to hold kids accountable in school because if we don't, they're never going to learn that lesson. The worst thing that happens to them in high school is, you know, maybe they go home for a day or two or, you know, I mean, they're not ever going to have, it's not going to be, I mean, excuse the the phrase. It's never going to be a death sentence. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not going to be something they're not going to be able to come back for. They're going to make a mistake, and sometimes it'll be a, a serious consequence. But it won't be something they can't come back for. And that's going to change when they graduate from high school. And they need to know that. And they need to know that outside of their family, nobody cares about them. You know that they're that they're going to have to work hard to to make a living and and to support their family. And there's going to be times. Um, you know, where they're going to come home and, you know, the husband or the wife's going to be having had had a bad day and the kids are going to be screaming and there's, you know, not a lot of food on the table or whatnot. And they're going to have to figure it out. You know, there's going to be tough times in life that they have to figure it out. And I think that that is the thing that sports should teach them is how to overcome adversity, how to be gritty and, and work your way through a problem. So I, I, I think that to answer your question, how do we help kids be tough? We let them fail. All right. We let them not be afraid of failure and understand that, you know, there's a, there's an old saying, um, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn and, and, you know, don't, you know, embrace what's the t-shirt embrace the suck. 
you know, learn how to battle through that. Learn how to battle through tough times. And if you can do that, it's a metaphor, of course. If you can do that on the field, if you can do that in a practice, if you can do that on the court, then you can do it in life. It's just a matter of applying the same mental concepts uh, to the problem. Yeah, again, you touched on so many important things there, uh, and it's I think it's kind of generational. Um, you know, the the this crop of parents, or maybe the last couple crops of parents, uh, seem to want to uh, bulldoze those uh, challenges and problems out of the way, so their kids won't fail. And as coaches, we know that's the only way you improve is you try, you know, you fail, and then you get back and and do it better the next time with a coach. That's what coaches are for. Wow, great stuff. Thanks so much for sharing. Um, for our listeners, uh, our guest today again is uh, Rick Tribbett. He's a certified athletic administrator. He's the director of athletics at Osceola High School here in Florida. We're going to take another break, but please stay with us. We're the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports. And over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes play better using video and analytics. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. As an AD, our school is a Huddle school, and our coaches just love the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle is uh, built to help every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and college programs. Go to Huddle.com. And you're going to find a professional grade solution for the challenges you and your coaches face. Go to huddle.com. We believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users. Go to huddle.com and see how your school can become a huddle school. And we want to say thanks to SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com and check out their fundraising platform. Our coaches use SnapRaise, and it was just great. As an athletic director, I knew what was going on, but I didn't have to be involved. And SnapRaise allows you to get away from the headaches of the past. There's no upfront cost. You can track your uh, leader dashboard. Your data is secure. But what's more important, SnapRaise works. Go to SnapRaise.com and check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have helped schools just like yours raise using snap raise they even have a program where you can get your money before you actually raise it go to snapraise.com to find out more change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you go to snapraise.com for more information welcome back everyone to the educational ad podcast our guest is rick tribbett from osceola high school Rick, you and I were talking and, um, you know, branding and uh, and social media is something that's very important to you. Uh, I thought you had some good things that you could share with our listeners. So if you don't mind, uh, you know, uh, share some of your branding uh, ideas and suggestions. Yeah, so we, um, I was, a, like I said before, I was an ad PR major in college uh, marketing. And, and so it's always been something that I feel like I've been kind of naturally fairly good at. Um, but I think it's important, uh, especially in today's environment, gate revenue, as you know, certainly isn't today what it was 
when I was in high school or even when I first started coaching, uh, gate revenues are shrinking. And, you know, the expectation coming from the community is that you're still going to provide that same level of, you know, uniform and equipment and, and, um, you know, whole package for lack of a better word for their kids involved in these programs. And with gate revenue shrinking and officials fees increasing and transportation increasing, you know, how do you bridge that gap? And I think the key to that is branding initiatives. And we were, I think, very successful at that, at, uh, at Celebration. They had already started. Um, I think one of the things, and, and, and again, I'm sorry for kind of skipping around, but uh, I worked with Eric Godfrey at St. Cloud. And um, I want to use them as an example because they're, they're mascots at Bulldog. Well, there's probably four or five different bulldogs that you can recognize right off the bat that they're stealing from somewhere else. It's either the Fresno state bulldog or it's the Butler bulldog, or, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's something, you know, everybody's using the same four or five bulldog mascots. Very rarely do you have one that's, uh, that's unique. And I think that was important to Eric with the, with the rebranding effort that the, that he did at St. Cloud, that they get something that was unique to St. Cloud. Now I'm fortunate at Osceola, there's no other Cowboy Jake anywhere in the country. That is a unique um, – it's a unique – it's a brand all of itself. And so I'm fortunate that I don't have to – that I don't have to do a complete rebranding. We are going to do a branding refresh because we've got about 12 different logos out there. And I want to try and – I think that waters down our brand a little bit. Um, Jake's iconic. Um so we're gonna we're gonna do some things that that are more in lines with featuring that and that history and that culture of Osceola High School because it is it is a very old school with a lot of tradition and history behind it. Um, you know, it's celebration. Uh, it's a fairly new school. It was built in two thousand three. Uh, the first the first logo that that school had. I, I used to always joke. I said it looks like it was drawn by a fifth grader. A little tornado with the word storm written across the top of it. Um, and turns out it was drawn by a seventh grader, uh, at the K-8 before they became a K-12, uh, while they were at K-12. So the principal before we got there had already gone through the process of coming up with really awesome logo. It's unique. Nobody else has it. Uh, so we just basically, uh, worked from that point forward in coming up with, we, we came up with our own font style. Uh, you know, made sure that we had our, our colors uh, and, and um, our word marks and everything standardized. And, and I just started talking to the coaches. And said, Listen, if you want to do uh, a T-shirt with a theme for the year, that's one thing. You can use your logo that you've been using. But anything that's an official team uniform, it's a warm-up, it's a shooting shirt, it's a singlet, it's a, it's a jersey, that's – that has got to be in our colors. It has got to use our word marks and it has to use our logo. It's a, it's a singular element. Everybody recognize, recognizes it when they see it. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you look at Manatee, they're the hurricanes. It's very similar to the storm. You know, a lot of people were wanting to do something similar to that. Well, why should we do that? Let's be unique. Let's be celebration high school. And you know, let's be proud of that. And that's kind of the theme that I'm, talking with our coaches at Osceola about, you know, it, it, the difference is I've got an iconic brand 
to start out with. I don't have to reinvent the wheel with this. It's just a matter of, hey, let's let's solidify what we're doing. Um, let's make sure that anything that's presented out there that is Osceola High School is in our brand element, you know, with our word marks, with our, with our colors. Um, and that's, you know, that's the other thing we've, we've had at Osceola, there's been Navy blue uniforms, there's been baby blue uniforms and we're royal blue and old gold. So we need to get back to, you know, standardizing that. And it's okay to have, you know, like, black or gray as a, as a third color option for, you know, especially like with football, because, you know, the trend now is everybody wants eight different uniform sets like Oregon. I hate um, it. I love Oregon, yeah. but I hate that trend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't have to worry about paying for it because they're going to pay for that if, they, if that's the road they choose to go down. But, but I agree with you. I would, uh, but I think if you're going to increase the, shareholders in your organization that there's got to be a standard element out there. There's got to be something that uh, when they see it, they recognize it and for what it is. And and that's Osceola high school. So we're going to, we're going to feature Jake. We're going to go back to using our original school colors. Uh, we're going to come up with a word mark that, that encompasses the look and feel of the Osceola Cowboys. And uh, I'm confident that we'll see similar results that what we saw at St. Cloud and at Celebration. No, I am right there with you on, um, you know, branding, you know, this is who we are. This is our school and, you know, basketball, softball, baseball, they don't have, you know, a different version of it. Um, you know, this is our mascot. These are our colors. No, absolutely. I'm right there. I love the history. Um, you know, the, it's just, uh, it speaks to me and those, those multiple, you know, I was a football coach, uh, and as an AD, I would tell our coach, no, you don't need a blackout uniform. It's not our color. Uh, you don't need a camo uniform. Uh, you know, we're, we're not duck hunting. Okay. Uh, it just, but that was me. I, I guess I'm a cranky old athletic director. Yeah, well, I'm right there with you. I mean, I I remember being at Oviedo, and you know, of course, we're black and orange. But the softball coach there, she was awesome. But she wanted pink. She had the girls dressed in pink all year. I'm like, that's not our school color. You know, we're orange and black. You know, I, and I understand. That, and this was before everybody was doing the, you know, the pink games, the dig pink or, or yeah. the breast cancer awareness. And way before that. That's another soapbox that, that I told our coaches about. We are not buying pink jerseys and pink socks. Um, wear a pink wristband. People know about breast cancer. Uh, all that money you want to spend on uniforms, give that to Susan B. Coleman Breast Cancer Foundation. Right. Uh, you know, you know, that's how you know we show our support, not by wearing or spending uh on a stinking pink jersey that we're only going to wear once a year so uh but i digress okay <laughs> rick uh this has been really cool getting to know you and spending some time with you but we're not done yet uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox segment we're going to take a quick break our last one and we're going to hear from athletic surveys who sponsor the toolbox segment when we come back we're going to find out what rick Drebbit is going to put in his new AD toolbox. Please stay with us.
We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Athletic Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data about your school's athletic program. Uh, athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the 95% of the parents and the student-athletes who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. At my school, we use surveys for just about everything, for coaches, for teachers, even for parents. And the information that came back was almost always positive, and it will be for you too. But the surveys also allowed that squeaky wheel parent to vent a little bit, and sometimes they'd share a small problem that you could address and keep it from turning into a big problem because you didn't know about it because you hadn't done a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, we've been spending time with Rick Tribbett, the athletic director at Osceola High School, Osceola, Florida. Rick's about to become a CMAA, but uh, right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. Rick, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Well, we, we touched on a lot of topics that they all need, but um, the three that I came up with was the first one, be an empathetic listener. Make sure you hear your coaches, do the best you can to support them. I think we all, we all have friends or acquaintances or people that we know that were great in the classroom. And then they went into administration and they forgot what it was like to be in a classroom. And then all of a sudden they start piling duties on you. And we, we hear that complaint a lot in education. So, you know, try to do everything you can to make time to help your coaches and help educate them and help them with their journey to become better because we can all be better. Uh, none of us, I don't care how successful you are. Um, you know, I had a good conversation with coach castle at Lakeland uh, a couple weeks ago when we went down there and played them and, and he hit on it too. He said, you know, you know, I've been doing this for a lot of years, but I never feel like I've got it perfect. You know, I'm always working to be better at it. So I think if you're, if you're that, if you take that mindset in as an AD that you're, that you're there to make, your coaches, better coaches, that that'll take care of a lot of things. Uh, the second one, and I think this is important for the kids, is be visible. Um, it was something that I, I did at Celebration. I try to make it – I can't be everywhere all the time, and I, I always feel bad when a kid comes up, hey, coach, we miss not seeing you out at blah, 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 and, and I always feel bad when I hear that. But, um, you know, I got a great compliment the other night at, at Osceola. I went to a swim meet uh, over at uh, St. Cloud. And I had a parent come up to me. She goes, well, you're stuck. You have to come to every swim meet uh, from here on out for the rest of the year. My daughter just won her first race. And she went out there before the race and she said, oh, my God, the AD's here. What am I going to do? So uh, be visible. You know, yeah. let the kids and the parents know that, that you care. Because, um, you know, even as visible as I was at Celebration, you'd still have the occasional parents. Oh, all you care about is football and wrestling. And, Lady, I've been at every volleyball game we've had this year, you know. I mean, I'm thinking of my head. I didn't say it, but right. but definitely be visible. That's that's a that's a big thing. And then the last thing, and um, 
you know, I, I have done this at every stage of my career is do not be afraid to look in the mirror. We tell kids all the time to look inward for improvement. And we've got to be willing to do the things that we tell our kids to do. And if we're going to be better at what we do, then you need to be a lifelong learner. You need to always look for some small way, even if it's something that you do very, very well, how can I make it just a little bit better? Uh, one of the things I've been uh, telling my wrestlers this year is I want your goal every day when you come in here to be 1% better when you leave than you were when you came in. If you're 1% better every day throughout this season, you're going to be 33% better than you were at the start of the year. That's a heck of an improvement in any way you look at it. So, you know, go to clinics, go to conventions, have conversations with your peers, look at people that are doing things and doing it well, and don't be afraid to go up and ask them, um, you know, steal good things. But those would be the, the three things that I would recommend. Well, uh, I, I love the, I love them all. Uh, but uh, I, I love that last one, you know, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, look in that mirror. Uh, very cool stuff. Rick, um, we did this earlier, but once again, if uh, a listener wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit. Listeners, you got a great resource here. I think you should take advantage of it. What's the best way they can get in touch with you? You can catch me in uh, via email. Uh, it's richard.tribbit. That's T as in Tom, R-I-B as in boy, I-T, at osceolaschools.net. Uh, we are in the process. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a new athletics website up that will have uh, my contact information on the front page. Uh, if you go to the Osceola, the current Osceola High School page and click on the athletics link, there's a, there is a uh, link with my email on there as well. Yeah, uh, I checked that out. There's also a great uh, uh, picture of your logo, Cowboy Jake there. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a great logo. Okay. Uh, Rick, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. I, I know you got a ton of things going on right now, but uh, we appreciate you sharing and all the best uh, moving forward. Uh, remember, listeners, if you've got a great, and I do mean a great uh, candidate uh, for a wrestling uh, coach position, uh, get in touch with Rick. Uh, we might be able to make something happen. But uh, thanks, Rick, for uh, everything today. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of every interview get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Once again, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to our partners, We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. Check out these two great organizations. Uh, they've got tremendous resources for you and for your coaches. We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. We'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast. Everybody have a great day.